Hey, welcome. Glad to have you with us. Glad to be with you. Uh, we just had a uh, conversation uh, with uh, a statistician. Uh, his uh, his book uh, dealing with uh, the China flu uh, is called Gone Viral, How COVID Drove the World Insane. Uh, and he made some interesting observations, uh, even about the mortality rate. Those tickers that we kept seeing in the corner of every television set for every program you watched were a bunch of Bravo Sierra. No one even close to those numbers. Uh, let me go to the phones here. We'll kick this up. By the way, if you want in, 800-529-5572 or 874-9390. Message, you can send that through GaryNolan.com. Let me kick it off in Fordland with Tony. Tony, welcome. How are you? Good morning. First off, Zimmerman Group needs to bump that Chuck and Buck show that comes on right now on our station down here and carry you all the way through. Okay, so... Um, I caught your guy in three mistruths when he was saying that. First, he said that um, in the beginning, Fauci said, don't run out and, and get a bunch of masks. And do you remember why he said that? There was a bum rush on masks at the store, and there wasn't enough for the nursing homes or the other ones to buy them to protect their employees. Yeah, he came so out. That's why he said back off. And then he said, get your mask on. Now, it's okay, me that, that pointed that out. One. Yeah, was... that, that was uh, good. I pointed that out. He came out and lied to every. Well, he came out and told everybody, "No, no, no, you don't need a mask. Mask doesn't do anything." Uh, then he came out later and encouraged people to get the mask. And he said, "The reason I did that the first time was so that uh, you could get, uh, you know, the medical personnel could get these masks." So right. he, okay. The second thing that he said of of the three mistruths was that uh, that the mask does absolutely nothing. Well, I can tell you for a fact the mask actually did something because the first case was people were coughing in their hands when they coughed, and then they grabbed the door handle with the phlegm. So what you were doing is you couldn't protect yourself from the droplets unless you were wearing one of those gigantic air breather masks like the military has. What you were doing is you were keeping the phlegm and everything else off people's hands from touching doorknobs in public places. That I got strictly from a doctor here in town. Well, here's thing he here, said, Tony. Tony, hold it, hold it, Tony. First off, the first thing that you brought up, I'm the one who brought that up, not him. Okay. So that right. he, so you, and, and I still stand behind what I said. That that by or that uh, uh, Fauci said that, and then he went back and changed it, and then he went on and doubled down. Next thing I'm going to tell you is that in states where they didn't push the mask mandate. There was no appreciable difference in the number of people that got the China flu. So that would kind of make me question uh, your uh, explanation. But go on to number three. Okay. And then number three was is that, um, oh, man, I lost it. Number three. <laughs> oh, man. Number three was the, uh, the vaccines. Oh, yes. That by taking the vaccine that you wouldn't get the disease. They never said that. They said it would limit your uh, your uh, exposure to getting severely sick from the disease. No. That's when I went and got my shots. Yeah, but you're wrong. They initially said that it would prevent you from getting the disease. And it but wasn't no until... Is, huh? No vaccine in history has ever completely eliminated all... They didn't say they completely. They didn't say completely. But they did say that if you got this, in all likelihood, you wouldn't get the China flu. They later turned around and said, and this was much later, yeah, you'd get it, but you'd be asymptomatic. Well, I went and got mine. I haven't gotten sick yet. Not I got so mine. The flu. Tony, <laughs> I, I got mine. I got the booster. And then I went back and got the third shot. 
But I, yeah, my I got point, the first two Modernas and then the booster. My point is, you and I had choices. And these right. are the choices we made. But right. governments were trying to take away those choices, mandating it for some people. And it turns out it wasn't a good idea for a lot of people. Well, Gary, let me give you my frost real quick before I get off here because I know you got a lot of people calling. So my frost thing of this whole deal is that, number one, the CDC came out with, first they had Fauci. Then they had Fauci and Burks. Then they had Fauci, Burks, and whoever this latest one is, the lady with the brown hair, wears the crazy outfits when she addresses people for the CDC. I can't think of her name. Anyway, we need a program set up in this country. If you're going to have the CDC, there is one spokesman. The president, Trump doesn't get to bring Burks on two to have two scientists standing next to him. There needs to be one message. One message only from one person, the head of whatever agency it is. But throwing out different people with different perspectives, you're confusing things constantly. They did more to confuse people than they did anything else throughout COVID. So I got heavy criticism for the leadership because, number one, the president already had a guy in place. Bringing Burks out did not help. All it did was add confusion. And then she contradicted everything Fauci said. He contradicted everything she said. And before you knew it, half the country was up in arms arguing with each other because leadership at Trump and Biden didn't have enough guts to actually leave one person, one message, one one set of rules to go by. That's my frost. We have no simple leadership, no matter which what president is. Yeah, I, I would <laughs> argue... I would argue they could at best make recommendations. They shouldn't be able to make rules because it's not the government's job. It's up to you to protect yourself, make decisions like you and I did. Yep. On the uh, other hand, had they said nothing or done nothing, Gary, the whole argument would have been the government's trying to kill us with a virus. So they're damned if they do, and they are damned if they don't. Well, I, <laughs> you I know just, that for a fact. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't know where in the Constitution... The federal government has the authority to even create the CDC. But if it's any consolation to you, they recognize that they were a failure and they have decided that with a little bit more money, they'll be able to improve their communication skills. Oh, with a little bit more money. Yeah. <laughs> not just, not just you know, go with what the job description is. God forbid we go with the job description. Yes. That might offend someone. Yes. All right, Gary, you have a great weekend. We'll talk to you another time. You too, Tony. Thank you. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Uh, 874-9390, toll-free, 800-529-5572. Uh, is this Eric the Liberal? All right. Eric, welcome. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. How are you? Wonderful. Thank you, Gary. Yeah, I knew it was you um, as soon as you inhaled. <laughs> the, uh, the, uh, the guest, your guest was right that there was definitely COVID insanity. On, but what I don't think he did cover is that there was insanity both ways. I mean, I feel like the politics turned, turned it into just craziness that, uh, I mean, definitely there was, I saw people, you know, wrapped in bubble wrap and had uh, gas masks on and stuff, which seemed a little insane. But you also had a lot of insanity on your side of the aisle, I would say. And my side of the aisle wasn't involved in this. Libertarians weren't. Well, okay. Well, they, uh, 
the anti-vaxxers and the uh, anti-maskers went a little overboard. Also, I saw videos of women in stores throwing, knocking over racks of masks that were for sale. And, and there was just a lot of insanity. Yeah, I, you know, you're throwing, absolutely right. Throwing masks off people's faces. There was a lot of insanity. I know one guy called me up and told me that if you didn't wear your mask, it was like firing a gun up the street without looking. <laughs> that was the uh, the uh, was morality. Uh, yeah, that was a uh, a thought um, experiment. I guess I was trying to create a uh, analogy between what would be the justification of a mask mandate. Turned out to be wrong. Um. You know, it wasn't actually, the cloth masks were turned out to be ineffective. Totally useless. Cloth masks were totally useless. And and that's the science. But on your death count thing, I don't actually agree with your guess. I mean, the CDC always tracks tracks excessive deaths. And if you were to not classify any of the COVID deaths and just look at them and the excessive deaths there was there's been over a million and there's actually more excessive deaths unexplained deaths and we know how many people die each year of cancer and car wrecks and there was like there's been over a million deaths that would either be COVID or unexplained more than you would have normally had and it pretty unless you could tell me like what killed those other people? It'd be hard for me to believe that there was only three hundred thousand COVID deaths. Yeah, it's amazing and that there was such a. Seems... It's amazing there was such a paucity of cancer deaths uh, during all that. Um, I wonder what why that was. Yeah, it doesn't. Ex- I mean, <clears throat> those are not unexplained deaths. <clears throat> well, there but... was no, no. There was a. Uh, a real paucity, and in, in, they're just the number of uh, mortality rate for cancer just plummeted. Wonder why? Wonder how that could be? Um, it, it, there is definitely an ex, excessive death that pretty much would confirm there was over a million COVID deaths. But I, to me, and I don't have any like dog in this fight. I don't really care what that number is, per se. But it, it does seem like it It seems reasonable that it's over a million. You okay, could argue well, that the policies... All right, were, all right Eric, I got, I got to run, buddy. I appreciate it. I got other callers on the line. Uh, thank you very much. Glad to have you with us. Uh, Dave, welcome. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Yeah, Gary. Um, a few weeks ago, you had a, uh, a woman on that was a uh, embalmer. Yeah. And uh, she was noticing uh, many of these people she was embalming that were having, uh, that had blood clots, an unusual amount. Do you remember that? Yes. Okay. Well, uh, there's someone that's close to me, a uh, relative, that uh, she didn't have an ounce of fat on her. She's, uh, she did the uh, Iron Man a couple of years ago. She's 51 years old. Uh, they think she had a stroke. Uh, they um, they think that it could have been caused by the the, uh, the shot, the COVID shot. Her doctor, cardiologist, and neurologist. Uh, 
think that that's what caused it. She's, she, she, you know, she can function, but she's still a little weak on her left side. But I just thought that it's very interesting. People, I, I think there's more to this shot than, uh, than people realize, you know? Well, we've, we've got to be careful that we don't have correlation and not causation or that we confuse those two. Um, you know, it could have been something genetic with her. Uh, I think they've got to do some more homework on this because it could very well. It just as equally, uh, it could have been the uh, uh, the shot itself. But um, well, I'm just telling you what the doctors yeah. told her. You know. So. All right. All right. Okay, Dave. Thanks. Thank you. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. It's Froster Buns Friday. Anything that's on your mind, you call. We'll listen. It's the Zimmer Radio Network. It is 11.23. Let's take a look at the markets, see how they're doing. We're testing the lows that you said we would now. You said in probably late summer or, or early fall. Uh, you expect new lows. Uh, okay, let me ask you. Have we breached the lows or uh, are, are we in the test phase still? So, yeah, in the test phase still in terms of the summertime lows, which show support for the S&P 500, just a minor support level, mind you, around 3636. We've already seen a breakdown below that very important 3815 level. And that, unfortunately, longer term yields a downside projection of just south of 3200. So, unfortunately, it just kind of preserves the bear market cycle that we know is intact here as these lows are in play as support. There was a really widespread oversold indication coming into the start of this week. And we have some risk metrics that we're watching here in the very near term, specifically that 3636 level for the S&P. If you see a couple of good closes below, that's another breakdown and would increase immediate downside to next support, which is sort of an interim level around 3,500. We're also watching Apple, of course, and Apple unfortunately is poised to open lower. And in doing so, not only has it broken that 150 level, but it also will be stopping out an oversold signal. So we do have some structural issues now with Apple, which of course is very important, not only to the major indices, but also market sentiment. And then we're watching the VIX as well. Are you expecting any type of uh, bear market sort of rally, any type of snapback before we hit 3,200, the new lows, and how far could that take us, what do you think? I do think so. So I still am kind of holding out for an oversold bounce in here, but we're talking about days in duration potentially. And of course, if we do see these levels broken, uh, we'll give up on that pretty quickly. But we think that there will be a relief rally that's sizable even before year end. And um, and yet it is likely to occur from lower levels, unfortunately. So it's not something that we're recommending positioning for, at least not until we see some indications that we have this intermediate term oversold condition and improve momentum off of that reading. So we certainly don't have that as of yet. And, and these bear market relief rallies, so it can be something of the nature of 20, 25 percent. So they can be tradable if you're very nimble and, and talented, um, but also they can, of course, provide selling opportunities in this kind of cycle. We just don't have any way to know at what level that comes from. If anything, perhaps that 3,500 level might be relevant. So uh, the S&P was down uh, 0.14. Dow Jones average lost 133 points or 0.46. NASDAQ composite was uh, 0.21 higher. An inflation report uh, that closely watched uh, by the Federal Reserve came out Friday today showed that prices continue to increase at a rapid pace. That should terrify you. 
Uh, and, and we've got more on that. Federate, uh, the uh, vice chair uh, on Friday said, uh, underscored the need to bring down inflation. Central Bank is committed to avoiding pulling back prematurely on restrictive monetary policy. Uh, stocks sold off Thursday, the Dow losing more than 1%, S&P 500 and NASDAQ each dropping more than 2%. Investors weighing uh, concerns over future rate hike decisions from the Fed. And if those prices continue to go up and we see gasoline prices continuing their rise, they're going to have to do something. And the only tool they have is raising interest rates. The market stinks, according to Jamie Cox, managing partner at Harris Financial. But that's basically what the Fed wants. Tighten financial conditions they believe that will help bring down inflation to the levels they find acceptable. And they're using the transmission mechanism of the market to make that happen. When the, you know, everybody cautions presidents not to take credit when the market is hot uh, because they'll take blame when the market goes south. And they usually try to say, you don't have anything to do with this. But in this case, Biden actually does. There's actually a correlation here. By giving out all that money, by spending all that extra money, and Trump's also partly responsible for this, too. I'm not going to ignore that. But by pushing all this money out, they have increased the rate of inflation exponentially. And that's what's causing the feds to have to try and fight it. And they're fighting it alone because Congress won't cut spending. They have to keep using that one tool, hiking the interest rate. And every time they do, it inches us closer to a pretty, I would argue, hard recession. And that's what's driving the market down. Everybody's afraid. They're, they're constantly afraid. It's the worst monthly performance for the Dow since March 2020. The biggest one-month decline for the Standard & Poor's since June uh, the NASDAQ is headed for its biggest monthly loss since April, losing 9.1%. The, the news is just not good. Uh, they're headed for their worst September since 2002. Uh, in other words, this September is more awful for the index than the same month during the financial crisis in 2008. The Dow is also seeing its worst month since March 2020. Uh, S&P and NASDAQ Composite having their worst September since 2008. This is all because of inflation, which is triggering the Fed, who are working alone and have only that interest rate hike uh, to fight the uh, inflation. So if you look at your, you know, portfolio and it, it makes you like sit, want to sit down and cry. The people responsible for it are the people in charge of the White House, the people in the lead in the House, and the people in the lead in the Senate. Because they're the ones that are forcing the hand of the Fed. You're listening to The Gary Nolan Show on the Zimmer Radio Network. This is the Gary Nolan Show. Okay, so now you know. What are you going to do about it? It's 1135. Glad to have you with us. 
Brian King uh, was appointed the head of the Food and Drug Administration's Center for Tobacco Products. And he was doing an interview with the Associated Press on Monday. And they asked him about surveys that show most people think e-cigarettes are as dangerous as traditional cigarettes. And whether that was a problem. And his response was this. I'm fully aware of the misperceptions that are out there and aren't consistent with the known science. We do know that e-cigarettes, as a general class, have markedly less risk than a combustible cigarette product. Uh, and then he suggests that the communication campaigns have to use science and evidence and be careful to avoid unintended consequences. So now you realize that the Food and Drug Administration is aware that vaping is way safer than smoking. Uh, Reason Magazine writes earlier this year, Clive Bates, a tobacco harm reduction advocate and former chief of the anti-smoking charity Action on Smoking, uh, Smoking and Health, called the public misperceptions of vaping an American crime scene. He was referencing the 2020 Health Information National Trends uh, Survey that showed just 2.6% uh, of Americans accurately believe e-cigarettes were much less harmful than combustible cigarettes. Harm reduction advocates like Bates believe these misperceptions about risks of vaping are holding back smokers from switching to a safer product. And they're causing a rash of bad public policy decisions, including bans on non-tobacco flavors in e-cigarettes, capping nicotine levels and taxing, or taxes rather, that make vapes as expensive as cigarettes. His acknowledgement that a lot of the public is wrong about the known science and that we know that e-cigarettes as a general class have markedly less risk than combustible cigarette product it's more straightforward than anything you'll find in the Food and Drug Administration's website. So why aren't they changing? Now you know. Do something about it. If you're a smoker and you want to quit smoking, vaping is a terrific alternative. I don't even know why the government's involved in this to begin with. It's none of their damn business what you do. It's your body. You want to smoke, smoke. You want to vape, vape. But trying to send a message that vaping is somehow, you know, to be prohibited and regulated by the government is nonsense. Many studies suggest e-cigarettes and non-combustible tobacco products may be less harmful than combustible products or combustible cigarettes reads the uh, Food and Drug Administration's main page on e-cigs. However, there's not yet enough evidence to support claims that e-cigarettes and other electronic nicotine delivery systems are effective tools for quitting smoking. They're more effective than the patch. They're more effective than the gum. <laughs> Why don't they just acknowledge this? After King's statement Monday, many were hoping to elicit further detail in a speech he gave two days later at the Global Tobacco and Nicotine Forum. That's an annual conference that bills itself as 
global exchange for views and ideas public uh, between uh, public health experts. Those looking for an expansion on King's remarks were left disappointed. King told attendees he believes in the continuum of risk regarding nicotine products. The idea is that combustible cigarettes are the most dangerous form of nicotine consumption and nicotine replacement therapies are the safest. Toward the safer end of the spectrum are products like e-cigarettes that offer smokers satisfying nicotine product, but without the smoke, that may kill them. But he didn't mention the public's misperception about the relative risk of e-cigs. Instead, he highlighted an FDA uh, that the FDA had denied more than 99% of e-cig applications to stay on the market, and that e-cigs still present a danger for youth. What a load of horse poop. Once again, the federal government is needlessly killing people. They do this constantly, and nobody says it's time to get rid of them. It, it's, it's absolute insanity. Brian hasn't had a cigarette in a decade, I think. Pretty close, yeah. I think it's, uh, I hit the 10-year mark uh, a while back. So, did did you try the, the gum or the patch at any time? I did, yeah. I tried it all. Didn't you know, work, I tried did cold turkey, I tried the gum, the patch, hypnosis, everything. <laughs> and I always recount the day when I went in the drugstore and I was looking for the gum and I couldn't find it anywhere. And so I went up and asked the pharmacist where the gum was, the nicotine gum. And they said, oh, sir, you have to have a prescription to get that. And I said, yeah, but I could walk up and buy the cigarettes right at the counter. Oh, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't make sense to me. No. Like, wait, I want to stop smoking and you, well, not him but per se, but government was standing in the way saying, no, you can't uh, get the gum on your own. You have to have a prescription in order to stop smoking. <laughs> it just didn't make sense. And here comes vaping, who, you know, was as close as it gets as far as smoking. You know that hit that everybody gets when they smoke a cigarette? Yes. It's the same thing, but it's vapor instead of smoke. And it's like, wow, that's just like the real thing. And then I can taste food again. It's like, wow, what a difference. There's a, a website you can go to. It's uh, gov.uk. Um, and they have uh, studies that they've done. Nicotine vaping in England, 2022 evidence. Uh, update main findings. Uh, they've got uh, vaping in England as evidence update, uh, including health risks and perceptions. And they've concluded... Uh, Public Health England uh, was asked uh, to update their uh, review of e-cigarettes. Um, and they say this is perfectly perfectly fine. Just vape. It'll be healthy. They encourage it. But not our government. Nope. They don't want you to do that. Do you think the uh, cigarette companies are standing in the way because a lot of them have already gone on board and started selling the vaping products. Yes. And you would think that they would be saying, hey, guys, this is a safer alternative. The folks over in Britain have discovered that uh, this is a 
98% safer than smoking product. And while we don't recommend either, you know, if you're going to do one, this is the one that I would recommend. Yep. Why but don't they do that? Do they want people to die? Well, it's not, it's not, the, uh, it's not the tobacco company. They're not the ones uh, that are fighting this. Many of the tobacco companies had the good sense to buy up the e-cig people. I know. And so it, it, it's confusing to me why they wouldn't be getting on board with a product that we know is safer than the carcinogens that you get from cigarettes. Uh, I, be, don't, I don't understand. Because it's the government. <laughs> they don't have to make sense. Well, why would the government do? stand in the way? Well, well remember Prohibition? Yeah. Remember wood alcohol when the government poisoned but alcohol? But the cigarettes are already there. Yeah, I know. If but the government is, you know, a organization that you, you know, want to trust and but we talked about that earlier, didn't we? Yes. <laughs> you would think that they would get behind this and say, "Hey, again, we don't recommend either habit because nicotine is not great for you, but it doesn't have the carcinogens if you choose to vape versus smoking or something." I just, I don't understand it. I know they don't want people hooked on nicotine at all. I understand that. But if you make a statement and saying, if you're going to do one, this is the one that we would recommend. When do you suppose they're going to come out and recommend that nobody drink coffee anymore? Uh, never. But nicotine and caffeine are very similar. They are. So if you don't want anybody to be hooked on nicotine, you should not want anybody to be hooked on caffeine. And so Starbucks should be in trouble. There should be a warning label. <laughs> they should go through and, and, uh, and warn people. Uh, let's see. Carol says, Gary, the vaping companies must be owned by Republicans and Trump supporters. And that's why they're going after him. I don't know. All right, up against the clock, we got to take a quick break. We'll come back and wrap it up. You're listening to The Gary Nolan Show. It's the Zimmer Radio Network. It is uh, 11.50, and I got a message from Drew. He said, sounds like a really long plug, similar to your commercial promoting an electric car for a dealership sponsor. I have never promoted electric cars. I think electric cars are a waste of time and money. If you want one or the government mandates them, yeah, you can go to Mercedes-Benz of Columbia or BMW and get one. But I'm, I'm an internal combustion engine guy. And as far as uh, vaping is concerned... Como vapor. Never mind that point. It just got ruined. I don't know where that came from. Sorry about that. It wasn't intended, but... See, I was about to say, we, we went through that whole episode, <laughs> and nobody mentioned any particular vendor. And then you did that, and... Yeah, it just yeah. happened, you know. Yeah, it just happened. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. All right. Um, the, uh, the Fed's favorite inflation indicator just went higher. The core index of the Federal Reserve's preferred measure of inflation went up in August... Despite a historically aggressive campaign of interest rate hikes intended to slow it, the Personal Consumption Expenditure Price Index measures the value of goods and services purchased by persons residing in the United States was down slightly in August, 6.4 to 6.2 annually. 
but was higher than the economists uh, had anticipated, according to CNBC. The decline was almost entirely off the back of falling energy prices with so-called core PCE, which doesn't consider the more volatile food and energy indices, uh, which uh, increased in August from 4.7 to 4.9 annually. Not good news. The new data closely mirrors the results of the more well-known consumer price index released earlier this month, with which also saw core prices rise as overall inflation remained near historic highs. Wow. Um, just think, the price of gasoline, having been going up almost every day, and it's going to continue to go up. I'm telling you, if you want your economy to change, you do not want the Democrats to remain in power. It's just not going to get any better with them. In fact, their solution to whatever, I, and I promise you, this will happen. You mark my words for it. Unemployment is a lagging indicator. You first have the, the shrinking of the GDP, and then uh, shortly thereafter, you start to see unemployment numbers go up. When they go up, the Democrats will insist on extending unemployment insurance. In other words, they'll contribute even more to inflation in the name of helping people who have lost their jobs because they've contributed so much to inflation. It's a vicious circle. And they'll say, oh, look, we care. We're going to give these people money. It's not their fault. They've fallen on hard times. That's the way Democrats think. And I promise you that'll happen. Mark my words for it. Brian, we should probably mark down the date yes, and time. Yes, we should. Because it will happen. When the unemployment numbers start to come in, the Democrats will say, well, we have to extend that. Even though we know, because other countries have marked it, have measured this, and we've done it here, that when you extend unemployment insurance payments, people don't go to work. As long as they can get the check, they'll keep getting the check. It's not until the check doesn't come that they decide to go out and find a job. Let's go to the phones. Eric is on the line. Eric, welcome. How are you? I'm doing great. How about yourself, Gary? I, I'm doing pretty good. Well, that's good. Hey, a little good news. A week ago today on the 23rd was my wife and my 27th wedding anniversary, and we finally got to go to CC's for the first time. Well, first, yeah. congratulations on 27 years. Uh, I would argue that your wife is a sainted woman now. <laughs> she has her halo, yes, you know. Yeah, I bet nice. she does. What did you get at CeCe's? I got the famous Gary steak. It was the last one, too. Oh, man. <laughs> and then my oh. wife got the steak Sinatra. Well, well, how did she like hers? Uh, very well. It was. We loved it. The service was amazing. I mean, it was. Isn't it? it was, yeah, it was awesome. And then and another in, endorsement of yours. Before that, we went to our shoe store. One, I needed one pair of shoes, and I ended up, we bought four pairs. Are they not? You know what? You, <laughs> I'm serious. I won't endorse anybody unless I absolutely believe uh, that they are doing great work. So it, every one of them is is a serious endorsement. It's not some right. some people will just you know will offer you money and they go okay, I I won't do that. 
But when you went into dryers, did you notice the difference between going into a department store or a a mall shoe store uh, with the way they took care of you? Yeah, there was actually somebody came up to help. <laughs> <There's> actually, service. <laughs> That's they, an odd thing anymore. Yeah, they will. They can check your feet to see how you stand and what mm-hmm. if you need an orthotic. Uh, they they know feet as much as they know shoes. Right, and I've got I've got four screws in my right foot. So she asked me, she said, "Well, you know, let me see you walk." Or she asked me her certain things, and I said, and "She said, is your." you kind of walk over on your shoe? I said, yeah, I wear my right side out all the time real bad. So she pointed me to the four shoes in this one section. These is good for this. You know, these are the ones you need. So pick from this, these. So it was wonderful. Beautiful. So, Eric, thank you for telling us that. You're welcome. And thanks for telling me about it. All right. Take care. <laughs> and right. Happy anniversary. Thank-, uh, thank you, Eric. Wow. 20, how many years? 27 years? Is that what he said? That is a long time. Good for him. Uh, so Eric the liberal never sees. He goes to wherever he can. You're going to the government, Eric, to support your argument. <laughs> <laughs> uh, here, this link shows the COVID deaths were most likely undercounted. Bravo, Sierra. You can't go to the government. They're the ones who count those things. Unbelievable. All right. Uh, tomorrow... At 8 a.m., we do Gary on Guns. Um, anybody who's uh, familiar with Bearing Arms, Brian, you're familiar with that website, right? Yes, I am. I go there and, all the time. And Cam Edwards, uh, who is their spokesperson. Well, we're going to have a conversation uh, that we're going to play tomorrow with Cam. Uh, it, it, really a great guy. Really knows Second Amendment, gun, gun rules, gun laws, and guns. So we'll have uh, that audio from Cam. And then how many of you have thought, if you're a Second Amendment uh, person, a concealed carry person, about getting insurance? You know, if if you use your firearm to defend yourself and you just say the wrong thing or you make any tiny mistake and you end up in court, you will be, unless you're exceedingly wealthy, brokered the Ten Commandments. So I am going to have somebody on tomorrow to talk about insurance for concealed carry people. Hey, whatever it is in life that you want, go out and get it. Don't wait for the government to drop it in your lap. You make it happen. You seize the day. Carpe diem. Gwen, baby. Honey, I'm coming home.